I remember sitting there braced up with a laptop in hand, broken neck, just going through my processes. And so I was just relentless in the fact that this is my opportunity and I can't let this get in the way. This is your Badass Journey podcast. I am Kareen Walsh, serial entrepreneur, executive leadership coach, and author of the Be a Badass Six Tools to Uplevel Your Life. Each week, I will bring you a guest or a thought that will help you integrate who you really are with what you do. I call that living a badass life. Are you with me? Let's go. Hey everyone, this is Kareen Walsh and I'm so excited for today's episode with Steve Valentine. He is the founder of Valentine Group and creator of The Limitless Project. He's based in Arizona and today joins us to share how he got to where he is today with the influence of his father in his life building family businesses and also the lessons learned from the loss of his father once he passed a few years back and how that has shaped how he leads today in business and investing and making sure that others benefit from the lessons he's learned every single day. What I love about this conversation is that we share our methods of goal setting, how to achieve the life we want, and our passion for health and fitness, as well as what else could we be doing to make sure others benefit from what we have to give. So I won't hold you anymore from hearing this awesome interview. And as of course, please continue to share your comments, feedbacks, um, and this conversation with those who you think could benefit from listening. Thank you for so much for joining today. And I hope you enjoy today's conversation. Welcome everybody to your Badass Journey podcast. Today I have Steve Valentine from the Valentine Group with me today. Welcome, Steve. What's up, Kareen? How are you? I'm great. I'm great. I'm so happy to have you on the show today. What I love to kick off with is for my guests to introduce a little bit about themselves, how they got to where they are today so that folks understand a little bit about your journey. And then we will dive into the heart of what you're working on right now. It's an extremely long journey without a doubt. (laughs) You know, just make sure that I'm not too long-winded when I talk about the journey at the end of the day. It's all good. I'll I'll curate if I have to. (laughs) Got it. So so I'm a real estate entrepreneur, uh, investor, started out in the sales world 20 years ago with my parents. You know, a lot of things that led me to where I'm at today was building inside with my wife and my parents, a real estate team here in the Phoenix area. And then in 2006, it was really one of the things that happened for me, not to me, which was we lost everything in the awesome real estate market crash. Mm. And uh, at the time, we had quite a few employees and different businesses, and we kind of took our eye off the ball. And we ended up not doing the things that we should have done, which caused the crumbling of, I guess, the empire at the time. But those were things that, that happened to us, and we learned a lot from it. We were blessed with an amazing opportunity through our relationships to get into the foreclosure business. Mm-hmm. And here in the market, in the Valley, it was, uh, it was a big business back then. 
it allowed us to go through more than the million dollars of cash and assets that were lost, but we were also stuck with a million dollars worth of debt. And uh, my wife and I vowed not to file bankruptcy because there was personal people involved and different things. And so we really worked our ass off. You know, you talk about a badass journey. You know, we worked our ass off for six years, paying back every penny of that debt to get us to where we're at. So that, that was really an awesome part of our journey along that way. We had some personal things that happened, you know, and I don't even know if you know this from our mastermind, but one of those things that was a huge hiccup when we started was um, I was doing a mad mud run and actually broke my neck, mm. uh, crushing my C5, C6 vertebrae, having to make the choice of whether or not to, uh, we had a 50-50 shot as to whether or not I'd come out of that surgery paralyzed. And so we, we had some big decisions personally, business-wise, all those things which led us to where I'm at today. Uh, today's really a, a great business for us. We've, we've established the Valentine Group, which is really a group um, of people coming together to service our clients inside the real estate community. And then also one of my huge passions and a legacy that I try to carry on of my late father, which is the Limitless Project. And that's teaching agents how to not look back and regret not taking advantage or not seeing opportunities in their own business in the day-to-day that, that, that they run in. I, I, you know, it's, it, that was a great summary, Steve, because you, <laughs> you have a life of color. I know. Yes. Um, so thank you for summarizing. And Absolutely. But m- mainly some of the things I want to dig into really, you know, what's awesome about being part of a family run business is, is the integration of family life and business life. And I'm, and I'm curious, you know, how do you navigate that as a family? Obviously it started with your parents you know, you joined in working with them and now you're right. working with your wife. So tell, tell me a little bit about that for you, like how that experience has gone and, you know, what do you do to make sure that business talk happens when business talk needs to happen, but sure. that you actually sure. have your family time and navigate that? So obviously, um, working with family is easy as long as everything is going well. Yeah. <laughs> it's when crap hits the fan is when it becomes a challenge and it really was back in 2006, when the businesses went under, it caused a lot of strife in our family. And we actually had to split our partnership. And part of that was being the father of my household and leader of my household, I had to make some decisions. And that's you know one of those separations that wasn't pretty, but had to be made. And it took several years to really come back around to having a relationship with my dad again, and uh, having a comfortable family dynamics. Mm -hmm. When it came down to, we were still both in real estate, we were doing separate things, but there was the dynamic of family. When we got together, there was still heartache. There was still pain. There was a lot of things that were happening there. So, you know, as far as my wife and I goes, it's everything that we've done has really been a team sport from raising our kids to doing business. Uh, Nowadays, we have a complete separation, even though we're both in the same space. My wife always was the person that would do anything to support the success of the business. So she she ran in every different position possible from being a real estate agent to being a transaction coordinator when we had kids to being the property manager when they quit, you know, just about anything. She just moved to wherever yeah. she needed to be. And now, you know, the last four years, she experienced her passion. 
and her passion fits well. She didn't necessarily want to go out and serve clients again as far as in the real estate space, but she turned her passion of construction and her knowledge into flipping more than 400 homes over the last four years. And that's where she dwells and that's where she loves. And so that's really how we've been able to work together dynamically. Uh, my mom still runs the property management company. So we all have separate spaces mm-hmm. and we all kind of operate in those, but work well together when it comes down to helping our investors and helping our clients uh, really achieve their maximum goals. I think it's great because you know a lot of it comes down to communication tactics when you're trying to strategically grow your business as well as strategically grow your family, you know, like your kids go through certain stages, you know, obviously your father passed and that was, you know, a big hit to the family too. Mm -hmm. And you all have to kind of navigate around the emotional distress, which generally in a traditional working environment, and you have employees, like you have people that work for you too. When something happens at home, they use their work life to separate from it. You know, and I love to talk about the topic of that integration because you still need to figure out as an individual, how are you showing up, you know, regardless of the environment, you know, and and making sure that it's actually communication skills and then how you strategically implement that together. So I appreciate you sharing some insight with us because there's so many family grown businesses out there that don't know when to put it on pause in order to repair and fix the family dynamic first, right? right? And then jump back into business. Like for me and my husband, we support each other highly, but we can't be in business together (laughs) because we have two very distinct ways of doing things. And it becomes a challenge, you know, for us to step up into our best uh, and not have the detriment of the marriage at stake, you know? (laughs) (laughs) So thanks for sharing that part. When um, you shared your health injury um, Mm -hmm. with me as well in that summary uh, at at the beginning of your journey, share with us. I'm curious though, through that recovery, like how... How did you push through that? And how long was that phase of of repair from a health standpoint? So it was actually, it was 10 years ago this Thanksgiving. And it's uh, it's always a very vivid memory because it was the Saturday before Thanksgiving. And uh, I was doing a mad mud run with with some friends. Mm -hmm. The last obstacle happened to be a mud pit that you're supposed to push off with your feet. Uh, go under barbed wire. Well, something was sticking out of the ground. So when I pushed off full force, I hit the top of my head and uh, it crushed C5 and C6. Wow. And so we went to the hospital, which I finished running the race because I just thought it was whiplash. No big deal. Could have been a lot worse. My wife took me to the hospital. They immediately started strapping me down and went through all the process, went through a lot of stuff that week. But the ultimate decision where we really had to have faith and trust in the decision that we were making that God was going to do what he was going to do with the situation. And uh, that faith, you know, the doctors came in and it was two options. One, we can put a halo on you, which is bolted to your head and your shoulders for four to six months, which was not an option. We had two toddlers at the time and I would have just been a uh, lifetime jungle gym. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the other option was to do an evasive surgery where they slit my neck open about eight inches and they put seven pins in it. And there was a 50-50 shot that I could come out paralyzed. 
uh, because of how close it was to the spinal cord. So by the grace of God, six weeks later, I'd had my surgery. I didn't have to have physical therapy and I was back released to drive, to do all the things. And it took a couple of years for that to really be settled. But today I've got full motion, full range. It was a process, but it's certainly part of the journey. Yeah. And you know, that it kind of can align too when you go through those health um, scares, you know, or challenges, I'd say where, you know, I'm, I'm curious at that time, how were you thinking about your business and, and how that runs and, you know, real estate has its passive, you know, you have an amazing way of creating those handcrafted solutions, right? right? But I'm curious out of that, did any new solutions come to, to mind? Any new methods of diversifying your income stream? Like, were you challenged in any way when it came to the business? The challenge was, is for nobody to lose faith in my abilities to do my job while this was going on, because actually I kept it under wraps when it happened. The scary part about it was it was just two months before. It was September 10th of 2008 when we were given the opportunity, you know, out of thousands of agents, we were given the opportunity to step into the Fannie Mae business and Freddie Mac. And when you're two months into something new, the last thing you want to do is have it taken away from you because of somebody's lack of trust or thinking that your abilities might fail. So my job, I remember sitting there braced up with a laptop in hand, broken neck, just going through my processes, but I didn't have any other options. And so I was just relentless in the fact that this is my opportunity And I can't let this get in the way because it's for my wife, for my kids, and the people that I owed money to that I had to make this work one way or another. So it was just, it was a have to situation. You know, no matter what, this is what I need to do and this is how I'm going to operate. And I'm not going to let this be an excuse. And I'm certainly not going to play the victim card at this time. And in that theory of, applying everything you know, regardless of what physically is going on. Is that a strategy that you help others identify through your programs and your coaching and your, and you know, the way you build up agents for your team? You know, it's, it's really interesting. And I don't think that I really realized this until it was like something hitting me, you know, right between the eyes when we were at dinner with Tom Bilyeu. Mm-hmm. And when he talked about the mindset and being so lazy, he couldn't even get up and grab the the jacket from his chair that was next to him when he was cold. It really, I started looking at things and thinking about things in my life and thinking about anybody. There's no magic pill for any of us, right? There's only our mindset and the mindset is going to work with our determination of what we want to accomplish. And so when I look back on things, your mindset is going to determine how you're going to process something, you know, whether it's good or bad. So I've really realized I look back at my life, your mindset is going to determine, which we've all seen people from, forget the guy's name, Nick, whatever his name is, you know, he's got no hands and no arms or no legs. And you see that it's a mindset that I'm not going to play the victim in this. And we've all been given opportunities in our life and how you determine the way you're going to get out of it is going to determine the results that you receive in life. Uh, you know, that determination, it, it shows up everywhere, you know, in, in the relationships you have, the business that you grow, you know, how you actually seek out what you want to do next. 
Right. And um, it is, it's great that that's one of your foundational stepping stones to everything you do because it is so easy when it's tested for it to crack, you know, right. and, and you've been tested, my friend. Well, like, more than, more than <laughs> a, but, you know, you, you love the quote from Napoleon Hill and Think and Grow Rich that everything starts with desire. Yes. And desire, I think, comes from a mindset of I'm not going to fail at this and there's going to be challenges along the way. And how you react or respond to that challenge is going to determine the outcome of your future. And where do you think your your foundation of that showed up for you? Like how how did you shape into that mindset for yourself? That go mode um, that you went through? I think it's a generational piece of, you know, we learn from things in our past that we either want or we don't want. And I learned this from one of my coaches probably four or five years ago. You know, I used to, after my dad passed, sometimes I would look back and, and almost want to blame him. And she asked me a question. She said, you know, are those things that you learn to do or learned not to do? And so I think we all come into contact with people where there's a great piece that they've helped us to achieve. But part of our achievement is also learning from their mistakes or the things that they didn't do. So the foundation is really looking at, you know, my dad being in the real estate business 40 years there's a number of things that he really gave me to do, but there's several things I've learned not to do mm -hmm. uh, when it comes down to the business. And so from that learning, it created the, the determination foundation le level for you that you'll show up yep. regardless well, of what the circumstances. It's the determination that you're not going to let things stop you from getting where you want to be. And you know that there's going to be along the ways, you know, <laughs> there's no straight highway, right. you know, when it comes down to it. And I know that you're going to come to that point where you're going to have to climb the mountain and come down and you've learned something along the way up to the top and you get to utilize it on the way down, but it's going to keep happening all through life. And that's the way we learn. I mean, let's face it. You're never going to be truly successful without failing forward, you know, per John Maxwell's book. You know, you love that yeah. book, Failing Forward. Yeah. And that was one of my favorite books in 2006. You're like, well, every time I fail, it's one step closer to some other, some other success right. at the end of the day. You know, one of the things um, I love to talk about and share with listeners, too, is, is the how part. You know, so part of that achiever in you obviously has strategies of where, how you take that determination and put it into action. So I'd right. love for you to share a little bit about your goal setting methodology, you know, like what, it, what how you focus on um, achievement today based on all these lessons learned in order to have that velocity you hope for. Um, what are the methods you use? So one of the, one of the methods and some of the things that I've learned over the last couple of years is that First, we live and we operate our businesses and life 90 days at a time. Because sometimes, and I think it's awesome to have big badass goals and dreams and all those things, but we sometimes look at that list and it's so daunting, you don't even know how to get there. Yeah. But there's a bunch of little things. You know, if you looked at a cup of water, there's a bunch of little drips that eventually will fill that cup up. Right. 
So um, you go through the process, and I always love it because people laugh at me when I refer to it. Uh, my kids, you know, we grew. My kids grew up, and it was one of our, one of our favorite things to do. Is we love all the Fast and the Furious series, mm-hmm. and in the very first one, Vin Diesel says, "I live my life a quarter mile at a time." Mm-hmm. So if we look at things and you look at life, if you lived your life one quarter at a time, you're determined to accomplish the small things in that 90 days. And that's what adds up and makes the big goals. The other thing that I've learned is that over time, we go through goal setting. And what we do is we focus on negative attributes of the goal, Mm -hmm. which cause us not to necessarily get to what we don't want to accomplish. And what I mean by that is that if, you know, your goal is to stop eating bonbons every day, and you write down, I'm not going to eat bonbons today, you've already focused on eating bonbons that day right? versus the mind shift of, I'm going to focus on being healthy today. Well, bonbons don't equal health. So you want to stay on that road of focusing on the healthy intentions. right? And what happens with most of our goals is that we accomplish 80%. And I always look at this in weight loss. If you want to lose 40 pounds, you get to 30 and you're like, I've lost 30 pounds and you stop and you don't focus on the last 10 pounds because you're only focused on what you've already accomplished and where you've been rather than where you really wanted to go. So I track my goals a little bit differently by counting down to the end and only focusing on the end result. So if I have 40 pounds to lose, I'm looking, I have 27, I have 26, I have 25, I have 24, not the 16 that I've lost. I don't Mm -hmm. care about what I've already accomplished. I care about what I wanted to truly set out to accomplish. Yeah. The remainder. The remainder. You know, as you are progressing towards it. Right. It, it, it's really great to have the different tools that, that just make you take a step forward, right? Mm-hmm. I, I definitely co- have coached many people through overwhelm when the laundry list of things that they'd love to see achieve is, is, is haunting them. And it's just not practical. You know, you have to create, yes, I do believe in a targeted vision, North Pole, why, because that, that taps into the why, you know, why you want to take each step, why you want to focus on the smaller uh, activities and actions and wins to get to that long-term vision, um, the North Star, whatever you want to call it. Right. But, but it, it's just as if you were going to map um, a drive across the country, you know, which my husband and I have done a few times, um, where it's, you have a destination you want to get to. Well, you have to kind of stop along the way to get to there, right? right. And that True. journey is not a straight-line journey. You know, uh, it's going to go up and down. It's going to swerve. There's going to be things you have to pivot. There might be a roadblock, a detour, but eventually Mm -hmm. you get to that next destination and figuring out those steps for each mile. And I love that analogy (laughs) that you said, you know, a quarter mile at a time, because it's so important to see what's in front of you also to enjoy the ride. Sure. Right. Like otherwise you're, you're hanging out in that, um, less than mindset, the the right. misery of it all, and that'll definitely stop you and keep you under the covers every day. You yep. know, say so, you know one of the things that I think was uh, was great advice. I was talking to our CFO last year. We were having that conversation about goals, mm-hmm. 
And she's like, I wrote these 10 things down, but only two of them are actual goals because they're the only two things that I'm actually willing to work at. Mm-hmm. The rest of them are really just dreams. Yeah. So sometimes we have to separate those things that we write down as New Year's resolutions or goals and separate out the things that I'm actually willing to work at and strive towards to achieve. And the dream list is okay because there may come a, come a time in life that you're, you're willing to start working on those, but you have to determine the things that you're really willing to go after when you're, when you're writing those things down. Yeah. And I designed an exercise um, that I put in my first book and I, I always share with my clients. I call it the fulfillment factor. Mm-hmm. And basically when you have that list of items, you also want to compare or, or create the list of where are you spending your time today or where are you doing activity and, and assess, does it fill you up? Because sometimes too, right. the overwhelm is like, how do I make the time to actually go towards what it is I really want to do? Right. So even against the new goal set or the, you know, even if it's the two out of the 10, let's say that, um, that, that your CFO had, it's like still, she, what she did was she assessed like what would really fill her up to make it happen. Right. And then you, all, then you look at what you're doing today and anything that's below like a score of eight out of 10 of filling you up, you got to find another place for that activity to go so yep. you can make room for the new goal. You know, and Very good it's, point. it's a really cool exercise that just gives this practical awareness to then jump into action. Again. Sure, sure. Yeah. yeah, it's a lot of fun. I would love for you to share what you are really focused on right now in your business and um, who you're looking to attract into it and serve because I know you have a heart of service. Um, So if you could tell our listeners too, uh, what are you about today and what are you hoping to accomplish now that it's a new year? Yeah, I mean, the, the new year has a lot in store going into 2019. One of my core focuses is the Limitless Project. And the Limitless Project is something designed out of, I want to say a little bit of pain, uh, a little bit of legacy. And it's it's so important because I believe the real estate industry is evolving faster than people expected it to. So we have a lot of different options for buyers and sellers when it comes down to the technology and the different things. Not that people are being taken out of it, but there's just a lot of competition when it comes down to those pieces of the business. Mm-hmm. Now, when I say out of pain and legacy is that before my dad was diagnosed with terminal cancer four years ago, he was teaching classes. He was teaching people how to potentially invest or be part of real estate without actually having a real estate license. That was his desire. And my dad had spent that five years, the last five years of his life, trading time for money and his experience. So my dad has, you know, 40 years of experience living through high interest rates, crazy markets. I mean, all the stuff that most people haven't seen. I've been fortunate enough to be in the business 20 years and have seen the normal to the ups, the downs, the sideways and everything else. And what was really shocking that was very eye-opening for me when I had to step into my dad's business was the expertise that he had that he sold for pennies on the dollar for a paycheck. And yet he was so knowledgeable and such a genius when it came to real estate, he wasn't taking the opportunities that he saw and investing in himself. Mm. 
And so I really want to, there's about 95% of real estate agents out there that have not or don't invest in the industry that they know the most because they don't know how. Mm. Right now, the market, Facebook, it's full of you know what we call wholesaling seminars and classes, investment courses, flipping courses. I mean, every HGT per, HGTV personality has some sort of flipping seminar or course. What happens is these are all segregated pieces. And there's nobody out there tying them in to having a real estate practice and then being able to do all these things as part of it. And understanding the opportunities, the creativeness. And one of the great things my dad taught me, which is not well taught right now, is the old school way of doing business, which is seller carrybacks, creative financing, understanding that there's so many ways to obtain and do business, and it's not tied in right now. So now I'm really focused on making sure that the real estate industry or the agents don't get left behind and don't they they don't not see the opportunities that are in front of them with clients and how to solve somebody's problems and that's where the the limitless project came from um, was the fact that I really believe that my dad limited his abilities based on what he saw rather than shifting it and understanding that hey money's not the problem, the mindset is. Mm -hmm. And so when you look at it, I want to have a limitless mindset that I have the ability to accomplish anything I want inside this business because Mm -hmm. I have the mindset to do it and nothing's going to hold me back and I'm going to have the determination. So, you know, my dad passes away owning just a few homes. And the reality was he could have owned multiple homes that would have changed my, you know, my mom's dynamics gratefully had there been something different there. So that was my eye-opening mm-hmm. piece was mm-hmm. I'm going to focus on what we're doing. Yeah. Not that I'm taking away from my clientele, mm-hmm. but it's actually started solving problems for my clients. And sure. it's, it's become win-win situation for everybody. And I want real estate agents to see what that can potentially do to their business if they looked at it differently. And of course, the real estate business has just been taught to buy and sell and represent. Right. But nobody's being taught the other side of it. Yeah. The diversification to invest and have your money work towards you, for you, and towards you um, in that growth is it's really important to figure out, you know, the methods that basically have been spoken about behind closed doors. Like unless you're in a specific network or have the desire to learn more. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's quite challenging. And I love that you're taking one of your dad's passions, which was to educate. Mm-hmm. Sounds like, you know, he just, he, he wasn't quite into the implementation and you're right. actually fulfilling the implementation part that aligns with that education, which is so cool. Right. Um, can anybody join this program? Are you just looking for people in Arizona? Like, tell me a little bit about who can actually participate in the Limitless Project. So, right now, the Limitless Project was designed for real estate agents. Okay. And we're working on a second course that would be designed for, uh, which we have a wealth building program inside Valentine Group, teaching people and how to invest mm-hmm. and showing people how to invest in real estate. And then eventually we'll have a separate course strictly for people that want to know 
how to invest in real estate for that purpose. So it's really right now for the real estate agents because that's what it's designed towards. And then we're working on a separate course for investors or for people that want to invest in real estate. And so it doesn't matter where they live? It doesn't matter where they live. Obviously, there's going to be some state-specific rules and regulations they'll have to go through, but it's it's more of, it's an eight-week course that's really about mindset and understanding the different opportunities that are in front of you. I love that. I think it's going to benefit so many people because, you know, a lot of us are are challenged with just even purchasing the first home, you know, Uh, to think further to say, wait, how can I actually make this knowledge of an industry that is, is huge from an investment standpoint when the, your first home generally is the largest purchase you'll ever make, you know, that and your vehicle generally, depending yep. on where you yep. are in the US. Um, and it's, yeah, like where, I, where I'm at, it's, a, it's a really, really eye-opening, <laughs> you know, but um, those two big purchases and then, and then figuring out how your money mindset shows up, right, in right. those moments, but then also that legacy piece, which is what you're talking about. You're creating a legacy based on lessons learned from your father, which, you know, you would not be the man you are today if he wasn't in your life, right? And then figuring out how do you make sure that then your children and the generations to come are taken care of while you're impacting your community, which is huge because if others benefit from it, we all benefit from it. You know, when when we don't have the financial strains and a market correction is going to come, right? Right. So it's like, how do you... How do you navigate through the uh, options in front of you and starting with the education first, for sure. But showing people how, I mean, that's awesome. And I know the people coming out of the Limitless Project are going to be just you know, 10 times more equipped <laughs> to handle right. the ever-changing market. So that's super cool. Thanks. What else you got focused on personally? Other than the work life, what do you what are you trying to accomplish for yourself in this year to come? You know, personally, uh, you know this this year to come, uh, big focus is on health. That's a big focus right now. I've been, um, you know, Darren Hardy talks about uh, knowing that we can control certain aspects of our life and making sure that the habits that we have are not addictions and those types of things. And um, I challenged myself this year to see what I could change in the hardest time of the year to change it. So mm-hmm. actually when we left mastermind, um, in October and listening to Tom, I decided to shift my focus on my health. So I started removing things in order to make sure that I could control them. So, you know, one of my journeys was I quit drinking altogether in an order to control it, but not just to quit drinking, but to focus on my health. Mm-hmm. So the last 50 days, I've been intense with my trainer, with my workouts, I've dropped some weight, but it's also the control and all the different atmospheres that I've been in through the holidays. We've been in Mexico, yeah. all these different aspects and knowing that the discipline is there to control it and move through it. Yeah. So that's, that's a big thing. The other big thing is just uh, the Limitless Project and really being able to impact people to see opportunities, but also to be prepared for them. You see, most people will look at something like the Limitless Project when the time comes, but the reality is it's a preparation tool. Because if if this was prepared and people actually knew that 
investing was an option through creative ways, not just through the traditional side, a lot of people would have approached the 2008 market a lot differently Yeah, when it happened. And, and it would have changed a lot of people's generations had they invested. I mean, a good example, so many people are afraid to talk about the market changing. Mm-hmm. And I want to prepare people for it if it mm-hmm. does and when it does to not be trying to have the conversation because those people are scared of it at that point right. versus being excited about it. Right. So, you know, there's, there's people that made millions of dollars because they were excited about the downturn. And not that I'm excited for anybody's downturn or anybody's heartache, but I am excited that there's opportunities that create long-term wealth and they create impact and it's being prepared for it when it comes. Yeah, that's super smart. And it, it and it's really great that you're creating uh, an invitation for folks to learn these methods and take advantage of it, you know, before that happens, right? That, right. that preparation is key. And and it's so smart because it's a it's the number one, you know, way high net worth individuals are where they're at is because they're constantly preparing to take advantage of downturn markets and sure. um, and maximize their spend like that right. there's always a return on investment for whatever they do and yep. and it's that is can easily be practical knowledge for everyone it does not Agreed. have to be the top 1% that only knows nope. it you know and we've seen it time and again where people bypass others just from having that knowledge and putting it into action so it's it's really great. What a gift. Well, I you know, I'm so grateful we got to share a piece of you <laughs> with our listeners and for you taking your time out of your busy schedule to join us today. If folks want to connect with you, how would you like them to do that? Um the best best place is at stevedvalentine.com. So that's kind of a barrage of what I'm doing on the Limitless project along with the real estate group and our uh, podcast as well. Uh, called the Purpose Driven Real Estate Podcast, which is really just information for the consumer. It's not an interview-based podcast. It's really about you know day-to-day wealth-building tips inside real estate, what the market is doing, those types of things. So it's it's really kind of a fun piece just to get information about real estate. And then, uh, are you do you hang out on Instagram? Yes. Do you Instagram is at Steve D Valentine and then Facebook is uh, Facebook Steve Valentine. I think those were about it on the social aspects. Yeah. Well, what's great um, for those of you listening that to, to follow him on Instagram only because he'll, he's on properties. He's sharing what's going on. Like he's, he's very transparent about what's happening in the business. So it's really cool to see Steve and also your lifestyle and your health journey and everything. And I, and I love the connection we are making, but also know that next year is going to just be so amazing uh, for you and all that's to come. Before we close out today's episode, I just love to ask, ask my guests, you know, how, how do you define what a badass is? I think a badass is somebody that is on a journey that no matter what, what challenges they come against, they found a way to overcome that challenge and respond to that challenge in a positive way in order to utilize that challenge to look back and help others that may be facing the same challenge. Um, I always look back to our financial room back in 2006 and realize how much impact it had on others 
and kept people from making the same mistakes. And so I think if you can look at those challenges as, again, they happen to you or they happen for you, not to you. And when you're utilizing the for you, you're utilizing it to make an impact on other people and make it positive. So I think, you know, that badass is somebody that's utilizing all those things to make an impact on the world and the people around them. That's beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing yourself with us today. I appreciate your time. Thank you for joining me today. Before you move on to the next episode, please post a review or share this episode with someone you think would appreciate it. Your feedback and support mean everything to me. For more information, check out yourbadassjourney.com or kareenwalsh.com. I truly believe everyone is capable of living a badass life. Thank you for listening. Thank you.